Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Father-Son Packers podcast, your latest source for Packers news, notes, and analysis. My name is Tommy, and I am joined, as always, by my dad, my co-host, Matt. Dad, how are you doing? Okay, ready to check what's left of my gut. Okay is better than me. check time coming up. (laughs) Okay is better than I'm doing. I am eating yogurt-covered pretzels. It is 10.30 at night because we have been ranting for an hour and a half about how mad this game made us. We normally record at 9. But we are here for you Sunday night, breaking down the Packers' early morning 27-22 loss to the New York Giants. The Packers... Gave this one away in London after having a massive lead for most of the first half. Uh, But we'll get more into that. But first, we just wanted to pitch a couple things. Uh, First of all, our Twitter. We would love for you to give us a follow, at FatherSonPacker. It would be really good for our numbers. We tweet out Packers news, uh, any articles we find interesting, updates on when new episodes are happening. So if you want to follow us there, that'd be great for us. And then our YouTube, at FatherSonPackersPodcast on YouTube. Give us a subscribe. We would really appreciate it. It would help us get our numbers up. Um, there you'll also find copies of episodes you can watch, uh, as well as you can find those episodes on Spotify, Google podcasts, Apple podcasts, anywhere you can find podcasts. We do post games every Sunday night and we do pre games every Thursday night. So come check those out. But dad, are you ready to get into talking about this miserable, 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 miserable game? We've been talking about it for an hour and a half already before we got on the air. I've been delirious for the last 20 minutes. If we're hitting catharsis or just aggravation, I'm at full <laughs> raving. I'm a stark raving mad. Like I, this so let's game get into is... our gut. Let's get into our gut check. Gut yeah, let's then. let's get so, into the gut so check. The, the, holistically, got up really early today. Sun wasn't even up. Ready for football, and it started off looking good. Things were going well, and then it just got worse and worse as the game went on. It's like, what the hell's happening here? That was that that was kind of my, my big picture reaction. I am so sick at this team right now. I mean, they just it's 2019 all over again where they'll win a lot of games in the regular season. It's 2019, but they don't have Devontae Adams and they have worse depth at edge rusher but better corners. And those are the only real differences and they have a worse O-line. This team as it's currently operating and constructed is just so average. I don't even know what to say. Like, they can be good sometimes, but never for a full game. Like, they are... You know what's interesting when you say constructed and operating? I actually feel like the way they're currently constructed seems okay, but the way they're operating is not. They don't have a clue. Like, this... that My gut is like, my... (laughs) goodness what are we doing out there and we'll get into it but there's so many from the this the problem with a game like this is every phase and system and everything is like there's you could you could have problems with every single facet the coaching the team players were unprepared the coaching didn't make adjustments the offense didn't execute the defense certainly didn't execute the special teams fumbled and didn't recover a fumble the general manager picked Amari Rogers, who can't even return kicks in his second year anymore. The, I mean, it traded up to draft Amari Rogers. I don't want to. I don't want to crap on Amari Rogers too much because, like, I, he seems like a nice guy. But that, I know, that you know, pick is not the, working. But it's not working. But at the time, it seemed okay. Yeah, but we don't want to get into a huge Amari Rogers discussion because it is what it is. Yeah, but like, looking you know, like he's losing his spot. But anyway, there are problems. My my main point is, my gut check is, there are problems with every single phase. And the special teams, which fumbled and didn't recover a fumble, was the best phase today, which is all you need to know. So it is bad. It's bad. The the gut check is bad. My gut do not feel good. I don't know. I I don't know. Let's move on to the injury update then. Yeah, I mean... We're 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 done with the guts. We're done with the guts. Um, But yes, quick injury updates. There was only really one injury sustained in this game for the Packers. Uh, Christian Watson uh, re-aggravated his hamstring injury, um, which is not great. Those are notoriously tough to heal, and they've been tough to heal for him. He's already missed one game uh, due to this hamstring injury. 
and he's had missed a lot of practices due to this hamstring injury. Seems like this reaggravation will probably be something where they're going to try and be careful with him. It'll, I wouldn't be surprised if he missed a few weeks. Um, he did have to leave the game and he did not come back beyond that. And that caused a whole lot of problems for the offense. We'll get into, um, and then beyond that, David Bakhtiari, after playing all but one drive last week uh, versus New England, played only half the drives, alternating, uh, with Yash Nyman at left tackle. Uh, some notes on that are most people believe it is, they said that it was premeditated and planned because of the heavy travel and the effect that that might have on Bakhtiari's knee, which makes sense. You would just like to see him stacked, stack successful weeks, I guess is all my thought on that, Dad. Yeah, I guess my thought on that would be it didn't seem to be any kind of setback, but rather a precaution. Hopefully. So it's not like there were, they saw something that made them decide to do this. They decided they didn't want to risk it ahead of time. Also, another thing I realized we didn't have in our um, in, injury report is Adrian Amos came through concussion protocol yep. and was able to play. Mm-hmm. Devontae Wyatt, I guess, is still being bothered by his that quad, quad injury. injury. Yeah, it seemed like so he, he wasn't, wasn't quite play. able to go after having a bit of a downgrade during the week. But yeah, that kind of sums up the injury updates. Mm-hmm. Yeah, th- thanks for adding those. But yeah, for for in game, it was mostly just Christian Watson. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of what you're going to want to keep an eye on going forward, and also see hopefully next week Bakhtiari plays the full complement of snaps, or we'll keep an eye on that. But, Dad, do you want to get into the actual full-on breakdown of this game and the breakdown of, so, I'm about to have on, on podcast because we'll break this team? Down. We're running out of time to break this down before you break down, so we should better get going. Team is going to give and, me an aneurysm. Oh, my goodness. So, in contrast to our usual strategy... Yeah, let's... I want to get the good out of the I want to get the good out of the way. We're getting the good out of the way, and we're going to let this bad taste linger by finishing with it. Because that's the way this game, I think, is making a lot of Packers fans feel. Am I being so dramatic? Start w- is it is is it's bad, right? Like, <laughs> yes, you're being dramatic, but it's uh, it's bad, th- right? There's there's a lot there's there's not my spin, much. My spin zone is that by losing this game, they'll have to take this the flaws in in the team seriously and actually address them. So so this is just like that's okay, we zone. can finally stop saying like oh, but we're still getting away with it. We can just keep doing <laughs> exactly. And it's not even that they. It's a conscious decision. I think it's like human nature. Oh, it's still working well enough. So we can just keep doing what we're doing. It's that beat up car. But not every, anymore. It's that beat up car every college guy has. It's like, it gets me point A to point B until it breaks down halfway to your destination. You got to push it to the nearest gas station. Oh, that, that story is I mean, it's like, it's more like, oh, this car's great. It only broke down four times last month. But I, but it started back up every time. Every time it broke down, I was able to start it back up. And so there's nothing wrong with it. That's that's what the Packers right now. They are a that's the Packers right now. It's only breaking down once a month. They are an absolute lemon of a team right now. It's a lemon. But anyway, but let's, let's get the good about, out so of let's the way. With the, let's, but so let's but talk, the Packers, the good things. Let's do it. So we'll start with the offense. Talk about some of the good things that we saw. Yes. So I'll start with Randall Cobb was looking pretty good out there. I mean, he he didn't quite get his hundred yard. He had ninety nine yards, which would have been it would have been his first hundred yard game since he had two for twenty nineteen. I mean, two for Dallas in twenty nineteen, and it would have been the first one for Green Bay since the famous "It's Randall Cobb again" <laughs> game against the the Bears, the Bears in twenty eighteen. Oh, twenty eighteen. Yes, yes, the injury, the game, opener yes. in twenty eighteen, where they had the the comeback where. Um, Rodgers pulled yeah, his uh, whatever Undertaker rise from the dead uh, to, to win the, the game. It's the my knee game. It's it, that's what I my know. Knee. It is, at least my knee. It was my knee. What'd you hurt? Yes. My knee. My knee. Um, yeah, that was even before he did the uh, ayahuasca, ayahuasca. As far as we know. Yeah, but yeah, Cop, Cop had a really nice game. Um, I think he was. I he was easily their best player on offense. I thought. I mean, he's got a lot yeah. of juice still. I mean, Matt Schneiman of the Athletic, I think it was, wrote an article on him. About how he's like, I don't know why I think Cobb was quoted since like, I don't know why you guys think I'm that old. I'm not that old. Like, but he's he's got some juice left. It was interesting. I saw something somewhere today where he had coming into this week anyway, more catches than everybody else like his age, his draft year and older combined. To be fair, he was the <laughs> youngest player in his draft class. Uh, ah. he was the first player. To play in the NFL, born in the 90s, I think. 
I think, if I remember correctly. But, is that Yes, I'm pretty sure that is true. I might have made it up, but you can check. Um, you, you check another time. But anyway, good things okay, for yeah. the offense. Um, and then uh, so, so, yeah, go so, ahead, go ahead, and go ahead and go with you. I had a few little sprinklings in here and there. Um, on Lazard's TD, I thought Dobbs once again did a very nice job blocking. Yep, that like, was on my like He too. did the previous week on Watson's uh, um, touchdown. He had a good block on Lazard's touchdown this week. Deguara, we had kind of Deguara sighting. He came in a little bit and had really nice plays back to back, two receptions, and those were his only targets the whole game. And Mercedes, big dog, got his first got his first catch of the year and his first touchdown since 2020. Hmm, and it yes, was actually right. one of the nicer designed plays I thought that they've had almost this season, where they 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 sprung him open for the wide open touchdown. Yeah. I mean, it, it was easy, which you can't say for a lot of the stuff the Packers offense is doing. My yeah, it's like, good things for the Packers offense. Did you have any more you wanted to add? I can I can toss mine. That in was now if you... that was most of my li- that was my list. Yeah, I mean, my <laughs> my good things for the offense. Um, Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon averaged five point one yards per carry, which is really good. Randall Cobb, like you said, was um, I had the same note that he had a very nice day. Romeo Dobbs blocking, I had the exact same note that he had a really nice day. Uh, I like the note on Deguara. I actually thought he looked really good out there. I have problems with him. Uh, not with him, but I have problems with the game plan surrounding, like kind of associated with him, which we'll talk about later. But those are those are my main positives. First half was good. The, the offense in the first half was nice. They moved the ball well pretty much most of the game. It's just in the second half they had crucial errors when they couldn't afford to. They had a lot of drives where they were putting stuff together, um, and then they had a couple fizzle out. They just they didn't have that many drives for the game. Yeah, I would I would say to me, I know they didn't score in the second half, but I put more of the blame on the defense. But we'll talk about that later when we trauma dump our feelings about how bad parts of this team yeah, were but, today. But if you just look at the drives, they really you'd say they only had two drives that were real failures. Yeah. They Fine. had two three and outs where they punted, and the other drives all actually got them at some point into scoring range mm-hmm. it's true um, i mean so, so they're actually able to move the ball yeah a I decent mean, amount today even if they had a number a couple of drives where in and, the end they couldn't put it together and you can say i mean everyone's gonna be like they didn't score a point in the second half that's true they had three drives and two of them got in scoring position it's their fault that they didn't that they got sacked at a field goal range on the first one and it's their fault that on the third drive which was the second good one they couldn't punch it in on fourth down to tie the game like that's their fault but they only had three drives like and they moved the ball yeah. it's kind of it's kind of statistical variance so it wasn't at that point. like full out offensive ineptitude they were actually able to move the ball yeah um but on just drives situational issues on offense i feel like yep. was the biggest issue but we'll we'll get more into the offense and there are more problems with the offense actually that i think are bigger issues but for actual production, I think the production aspect was more related to situational offensive problems. But there's a lot of play calling problems. But let's do the good things first, still. So let's move on to good defense, Dad. Do you have any positive takeaways for the defense, which was, I think, one of their worst games I've seen in a little while? So at least in the beginning, the defense was looking great. I mean, they were. I'm watching the first couple possessions. Kenny's Packers murdering their center. Like, yeah. They're, they're two straight three and outs, and they managed to like, kind of clog up the middles a, a bit, so their um, Saquon's not really getting rolling. So in the beginning, the defense was really looking like it was, okay, this is going to be great. Things are going to cruise along. And then the other good thing I saw, we started seeing, uh, I think, some positive plays from TJ Slayton. Yep. In in the middle of the game where he's stuffed in the middle, had a couple of tackles near the line of scrimmage, and also is getting to the backfield a couple of times, I, I noticed. And if I could just add one thing, him playing well will allow Kenny to play more at a three technique, which will be better for his production. Yeah, and I think they've been trying to do that, and this may be one of the, at least a stretch, maybe it wasn't the whole game, but there's a nice stretch for Slayton anyway. Yeah. In in the, it's kind of in the middle of the, of the game. Um, and then... At least in the first half, 
I thought uh, I liked the way Jair was going and attacking the ball, tackling behind Tackled very the well line today. of scrimmage. Yeah. Um, I, thought that good, pretty, I thought that part looked pretty good. Yeah, he was tackling really well. My good things for the defense is I actually thought they held Saquon in check on the ground. I know a lot of people were saying, criticizing the Packers' run defense, but at least results-wise, I mean, Saquon ran. He had 13 carries for 70 yards, which on its face is not great. It's 5.4 a carry. But, I mean, he really had just one explosive run for 40 yards out of the Wildcat, which I know you can't allow, like you can't just take that out. It happened. But in terms of like consistently keeping him contained, that, that play did lead to the Giants' first touchdown of the day, so I'm not saying it's not important. But on the rest of his plays, he only had 12 carries for 30 yards. That's like two and a half yards per carry, which you can totally live with if you're the Packers. So I thought they did pretty well against Saquon, actually. And other than that, I can just say they were they were terrible. I mean, I'm we're, we're sugarcoating this part as much as possible, but I thought the defense was pretty horrendous today. Like, I, one of the worst performances I've seen from this Joe Barry-led unit, I think, in his entire tenure here, which I know is only a little more than a year, but do you want to start getting into the, the bad of the defense? So I guess we get into the bad. Shall I go first with the bad? And sure. Some of it is, I guess, a little bit of a... Um, so my that, that big things, there's more of a big picture bad things. I've had a... Um, Failure to, they gave up five straight scoring drives at one point. The and, last, and, the last uh, five real drives of the game, they gave up they, a score they, on every single one, except for the intentional safety the Giants took. And then even the even the and, and then in those they had like four straight third downs or six out of seven and eight out of ten within that stretch that they converted third downs. They gave up four and straight they third downs. All short. There were, they gave up. Some, they gave up four straight third downs. It was that four bad? Straight, Four straight third down conversions Ugh. Um, through the first TD and their second field goal. There were four straight third down conversions. And in that stretch of their four scoring drives, they converted eight out of 10 on third. There's some three yards and four yards, but also some, you know, 13. On the first touchdown, they had a 13 yard third down conversion and a nine yard third down conversion. So and they if were I... basically. Yeah, they were carving us up on third down. Can I add my third down note real quick? Sure. Just to tack on to that. So going into this game, the Packers defense, for as talented as it was, was just hanging on for dear life just by being... They were good because they were good on third down, and that was the only reason the Packers defense was good. According to Ben Solak of The Ringer, going into this week... They gave up over six yards per play on first down, which was the seventh worst in the league. They gave up 5.88 yards per play on second down, which was the 11th worst in the league. So both below, well below average. And then on third down, they were giving up three yards per play, which is the second best. And with teams converting at only a 23.8% like clip, which would be the best in the league. And so this team with all these first round picks, all this money, all this talent, semi new coach is just praying to stop you praying that you will stumble into a third down and they will stop you on average they're giving up a first down before you get to third down they're giving up 11 yards per play on the first two downs it you're praying they stumble into a third down and then you can hopefully stop them and that situ last bit of situationalness sorry situationalness not a word you can tell how flustered i am that last bit of situational like strength they had was all they were holding on to and it's not sustainable because today they give up six of 11 54 conversion rate which would be the worst in the league and i know they're not going to be that bad every single week but when you have this much investment you shouldn't be praying the other team messes up so you can finally turn up the heat a little bit which is a little bit what this uh, um, defensive style is. Is oh, this bend, go, well, bend, but don't break. But in some cases, bend and then break. You just keep backing up and backing up and backing up and wait for them to screw up. Seems to be the strategy, which is obviously not working. I mean, because if you're giving up that many yards on first and second, what are the chances that you're really able to hold people to that few yards, specifically only on third down? Yeah, like that's it's the a, part that seems very unsustainable. They were exactly they were good on a complete statistical anomaly to be that good on third down and being that bad on first and second. Like if the the problem is 
it's just like the offense is not sustainable. And when you're that bend, don't break, the offense is never going to get the ball. Like you, the offense got the ball three times in the second half and the offense has its own problems, but you can't let them drive seven, eight minute drives, five different drives in a row going for like 50 plus yards or whatever it was. It was just it can't happen when the strength of the team that you're banking on for this year to be a a year where you think you can compete in the NFC, it's a weak NFC, the strength of the team is the defense. The defense cannot be that passive it's, if it's the strength of the team. Well, the other thing is, you know, they keep talking about how this is going to be the, a defensive team. The strength of the team is the defense. Like, so far, the defense has not been rated as highly as the offense. Yeah. And... And let's get into some more specifics on defense. Do you want to talk about the, the so Daniel Jones? I, yeah, I still had some more specific points here besides the, sort of this general situational. In some ways a philosophical yeah. problem with how they're running the entire defense as a unit and how they're doing things. But for like specifically this game, once Daniel Jones actually showed that he could run, it seemed like they, the defense didn't have an answer. Well, and can and I... Was, can I add one quote, or do you want to? Yeah, say what you're going to say first. And I'm going to add what a was, quote that because what I was going to say, I feel like they should have gone back to the sort of spy defense that they used against, I guess, it was Chicago Fields, yeah, and Justin Fields. And they quite walk um, spy, but a I lot. don't know if I saw them do that at all. Here's the thing: what was they asked? They asked T.J. Slayton after the game about the defense, and he said, "Yeah, when they did things that we didn't practice for, we got kind of confused." Um, let me just pull up the actual quote because I don't want to uh, misquote him. I don't want to... There's something about being too dialed in. Yes. They're um, actually too dialed in. They were too dialed in to what they had practiced for the uh, Giants offense to do. And when the Giants offense started doing things that they weren't ready for, uh, the Packers uh, just they didn't know what to do. They let me see if I can find it. I'm having trouble finding it right now. But essentially he was saying that they weren't expecting ah, here it is. Ryan Wood has this quote on Twitter. Quote, TJ Slayton. I think we were a little too dialed in at times with the plan and what we practiced. We knew what we were going to see, and I think we were just getting a little lost. We were getting a little lost when we didn't see what we were practicing. And then he also went on to say, the biggest surprise today was how often Giants called bootlegs with Daniel Jones. It's something Packers knew was part of the Giants offense, but they just didn't stop. Once Brian Dable saw Packers couldn't defend it, he kept calling it. Why is that surprising? It was their entire offense versus the Bears until Daniel Jones got hurt. It's like no one told them Daniel Jones got hurt during the last game, and they thought the Giants just stopped on their own after it went for like 10 yards a play versus the Bears. And it's like, oh... They ran this and it went 10 yards per play for five plays in a row, and then they just stopped on their own. They'll just stop on their own versus us. I can't well, actually, imagine. I, I have a I have a slightly different take on that, but it ends up having the same result. It's that they just assumed his ankle was going to be so bad he couldn't do it, even though he was getting. I think as a full participant on Friday. As soon as I saw that, I was like, ah, that makes me a little nervous. He's a full participant. He's going to be able to run. And that they did have a they didn't have a contingency prepared in case he actually could run like normal. They just I think prepared that he was going to be able to run and that he was going to be stuck in the pocket, unable to run, and that's all we had to do. I don't understand how you don't plan for it. You know how yeah how you don't have because it's one thing to have your initial plan, right? We don't think he's going to be able to run. Here's what we're going to do. How do you not have a backup plan? For when we if have he's talked able about to run. this before, that they don't seem to have their backup plans figured out ahead of time. They want to make up for their backup the, plan on the fly. Just have it in your back pocket. You have time during the week. And and and, and here he's like, oh, he's actually running around. We actually run this same defense a couple of weeks ago. Let's have TJ TJ Walker. Let's have Quay Walker be the spy again and watch him to contain him so he don't keep converting on these quarterback runs. And they found they found a hole um, in the Packers' bootleg specifically where Daniel Jones ran a bootleg, edge rusher run right at him. The I think it's the near side corner, follow the receiver, and then they would just dump back to where the players were running away from, right to the tight end, no one there. Tunnel screen, eight yards. Easy, 
easy peasy. It's just have a plan for what the other team does best in your at least in your back pocket. This is the only yeah. thing he can do is bootleg. It's his best trait. Or or just straight out run. And that doesn't even go into the fact that they couldn't defend the things he's not good at. Or I don't even I, I can't <laughs> say statistically that he's not good at these because I haven't actually checked, so I don't want to speak out of turn. But they were killing them over the middle of the field. Repeatedly yeah. with just I, Darius I was Slayton. Talk a little bit of that. They got killed by Darius Slayton. The guy was running open all the time. He was burned several of the Packers uh um defenders. I think um Savage and Stokes got burned, even, Savage got burned, Rasul Douglas had to hold on for dear life on a few of them. DJ Slayton was killing us. This is their third Darius string receiver. Darius Slayton, thank you. Darius Slayton was killing us. It's like their third string receiver. And he's just killing yeah. a secondary with with three first round picks and two high price free agents, and he's killing them. So that was that was another one of my bad things. Was, the bad thing list is rather long in terms of individual items. I was also I'd like to see what the final pressure numbers were because I felt like the pressure kind of disappeared. It was very sporadic as the game went on. That uh, they were not actually able to. They did get I guess one late sack on. Uh, yeah, Daniel Preston Jones, Smith. But I want to see Smith more about sack. what happens. But they also had the two defensive holding penalties that negated sacks that were deep in Giants territory in their own territory. They would have had the sack, set him up for uh, you know behind the chains early in the drive, and they're both negated by um, defensive holding, one by Douglas and one by Savage. And I'd say the last thing I had on this defensive bad things was it looked like another rough day for Savage. Yeah. The holding penalty, bad angles on Saquon, getting washed out by a block on the the Wildcat run and getting just juked on the his long reception and then having bad coverage on on Slayton as well in a couple times where he was in the area. Yeah. So that 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 kind of sums up the bad defensive things that I had. You want to That's I mean jump into something new or I mean if I can just add something it's just a lot of regression. Dean Lowry is not as good as he was last year. Devontre Campbell has not been as good as he was last year as we detailed in the uh pregame pod. Um Darnell Savage isn't as good as he... I mean, Darnell Savage struggled last year, too, so I don't want to necessarily say he wasn't as good as he was last year. Uh, Jair played well. It was first game back. I mean, Stokes isn't playing as well as he did last year. It's it's a whole lot... It's a confluence of a lot of things that are all going wrong, but I think at the top of that is the coaching and the game plan just are not best preparing these players. And if I could just add one more bad thing I think to the defensive side is this Jair quote post game uh, which I think is not really ideal for uh, it pretty much he said they asked him if he was worried about the defense and he said no but I will be if we lose next week and then I think Rogers said uh, I love job but we don't need to say that the reason we don't need to say it, what if you do lose next week you could lose to the Jets I would not be surprised if we lost to the Jets if we can lose to the Giants when we're up uh, 14 points and 10 points at half, we could 100% lose to the Jets. The Jets put up 40 points. Do you think in your wildest dreams this offense could put up 40 points in a game right now? I don't think so. If they can put up 40 on Miami, they can put 40 on us. There's no way we can keep pace with 40. And they run the ball really well. We could we could totally lose to the Jets next week. And, well, I mean... Speaking of us not being able to score 40, do you want to talk about how bad the offense is, was? Not necessarily in results, but in process. I feel like the process of the offense is is just, I don't understand it. Yeah, so I could talk a little bit about um, some of the structural issues, you know, the, the bad just things that it had the in the offense. play calling and the so sequencing some, is the biggest like, problem. Right. Failure to stick to the run. They just did not run. They wouldn't have like, Almost two to one pass attempts to to uh, run plays when you're leading most of the game, and these and and, and you're running for five yards a carry. Totally worthless shot plays that don't that the success rate this year has been so low on them. And so, Rodgers is missing them terribly deep, like he's overthrowing and underthrowing. He underthrew Cobb on when he should have had a touchdown in a slot. 
He with no yes, safety. That out. one where he if, overthrew, he gave, an, gave another yard and a half on that that ball to Cobb. It's a touchdown. He Just overthrew three different guys four different times. I one of those may be that Lazard did a but made a any, turn on the route he wasn't expecting. Anyway, but anyway, continue, continue with the play call. They mostly, and then if we really want to get down to uh, <laughs> what most people are probably like pulling their hair out about are the the two pass plays on third and fourth down near the end zone when they still had chance for another first down. Is just run the ball twice. You're almost sure to get that first down, or if not in the end zone. Um, and then the final thing I want to say is a little bit about just kind of back up this whole pass versus run structure of the offense. You know, I, I looked at if they in this game when they had a a mix of a pass and a run on the first two downs of a possession. Then on that possession, they averaged fifty-seven and a half yards per possession and on the two possessions where they just started with you know three straight passes those are three and out in an average of at a total average of negative 0.5 yards per possession when they started off pass pass see i went even deeper because i went i'm, I'm glad you said that i went and looked at every drive they've had this season to see if i'm going crazy when i think that going pass pass to start is bad and I'll, we'll get to this, but I don't. I I don't think I was wrong. Uh, we're gonna just quickly looking for my notes on that. Uh, yes, they were terrible situationally. They let's see, where's my offensive notes? Here they are. Okay, this season we're looking. I was looking at the play calling at the start of every drive. So I was just looking at the first two plays of every drive the Packers have had in this season. I threw away ones where a penalty affected the first two plays or affected the drive, like they stalled out or they got a first down, because I feel like that's random variance. We can we're not we're looking at the play calling. We're not really looking at necessarily the the results of a penalty is kind of a more random effect in my opinion. We took out uh took out the if you take out the ones where they threw for a first down on threw for a first down on first down, which they did five times, and ran for a first down on first down, which is four different times. So just taking those out. And then one where they threw a pick on first down, they just kind of even out, in my opinion. Um, and I mostly right. wanted to it, look at the first two plays. So those evened out. I feel like those kind of cancel each other out. Five right. different four times. five is not that different from yeah. each other. But five different times on first down, they passed and got a first down right away. Four different times on first down, they ran and got a first down right away. And then one other time, they threw a pick. Throwing that out. So, they have gone to start drives, run, run, nine different times. On those drives, they were able to get at least one first down eight times and went three and out once. They have gone run, then pass eight different times. They were able to get at least one first down six different times, and they went three and out twice. They have gone pass run nine different times and were able to get at least one first down eight times and went three and out once. They have gone... Here's the part where I'm just like, anyone can... The Packers can look at this. They have gone pass, pass, ten different times. They have gotten at least one first down three times, and gone three and out seven different times, starting pass, pass. Seven of their 12 three and outs on the year that weren't affected by penalty were because they started pass, pass. That's... It's so indicative of what you're seeing on the field too it completely tracks with the eye test that when they don't run the ball they come they stall out a drive if they go pass pass they 70 percent of the time go three and out yeah, on every just, other single other one they're going 14 22 22 of 26 times they don't go three and out and then the times yeah. they go pass, pass, they go three and out 70% of the time. It's not that hard to do the math and see that, yes, you can get those chunk plays on first down, but don't go deep shot, deep shot, because you're, you're 70% of the time you're going to go three and out. I just don't understand. It just, 
I don't understand the play calling. I don't understand why we get out of this rhythm. I don't even know if it's LaFleur's fault. I think it's you watch and you're like, this is the Aaron Rodgers offense. This is the Mike McCarthy offense. This is not the LaFleur motion quick game. As soon as they went back to that on the last drive of the game, they moved the ball really well. Sorry, I ranted for so long. If you want to add anything there, I, I yeah, I was just going to come into how it's like, you know, if there's at least one run in the first two plays, it's like 22 out of 26 get a first down. Exactly. If there are no runs in the first two plays, only seven, three out of 10. 70% of the time, they go three and out when they go pass, pass. It's not, it's not that complicated. It just doesn't work. And that's work. not even saying that they're both deep shots. It's just yeah, pass, pass. Just pass, pass doesn't work. It's the opposite problem of the old McCarthy run, run, pass, which was terrible. This is pass, 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 or pass, pass, run, and it's bad. It just doesn't work. There's no reason to do it. I think a five-game sample size is plenty of is, – is good enough to know that you shouldn't be doing that that often. It's also the one that they've done the most. They've done pass, pass the most of all of the four of those options. Isn't that something? But it, the one that doesn't work. Clustered. They're all clustered pretty tight. They are clustered. It's 6, 8, 9, and 10. So, or 6, 9, 9, and 10 or something like that. Or 8, 9, 9, and 10. Whatever. But my point is, that's my rant. Those are my stats. Check my stats. 70% of the time, they start with pass, pass. They go three and out. And it, it it's annoying. But <laughs> that's kind of how I feel bad about the offense. I, I can well, go on. You also on. had a little thing I have to a say lot about of- the pony. Oh, I pony have a, package, right? I have, I have so much more. I would, I would love to share. Yes, let's talk about the pony package that they can't get to work all off season. They, they talk about how oh, Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon are our two best offensive weapons, our two most proven offensive weapons. They both had a thousand yards last year. We got to get them on the field together. We got to have creative ways of having them on the field together. And Justice Piscata has some awesome work for Acme Packing Company where he talks about. The pony package is not working because they only run one thing out of it. They run either A.J. Dillon or Aaron Jones motions out of the backfield into the flat. They snap the ball and they run an RPO with that little flat route and a handoff inside. That's all they do. It's the only thing they do. Offenses have completely solved it. And in this game, they abandoned the pony personnel, which is what we were talking about earlier when I was mentioning I had something to say about DeGuar's usage. They abandoned, they didn't fully abandon it. They still ran it a little bit, but they didn't run it nearly as much this game with the pony package in the second half, especially. AJ Dillon had his lowest snap count since his rookie year. He only played 30% of snaps. He had zero targets. They just couldn't figure out a way to use him and Aaron Jones on the field at the same time. They gave up doing it. They started running Dillon as a, or sorry, DeGuara as a pure fullback in the I formation and leaving Jones out there because, yes, Jones is better than Dillon, so you'd like him on the field. But if you can't figure out a way to make Pony work with either using Dillon as an H-back, motioning uh, Aaron Jones into the slot, using Jones in motion a little more, uh, using Dylan as the fullback. I feel like he has the body type to do that, and he's not a terrible run blocker. We've seen him run block Roquan Smith out on the perimeter. I know it's different blocking in the hole, but still, if you can't figure out how to do that, it just caps the ceiling of this offense so hard because you are saying we can only have one of our two best offensive players out on the field at, this, at, at a time. And they need to figure it out. They have so many creative offensive minds in the building. I don't understand. I know it's not common to run Pony. Maybe this is why. Maybe it's really hard to figure out how to make it work. But they got to figure out a way if this team is going to reach their ceiling on offense. Yeah. One thing you see about this game is they hardly threw to the running backs at all. Dylan had true. zero targets and Jones only had three. And, you know, we kept hearing all this about when Devontae Adams was out, Jones was averaging like seven targets a game or something like that. Yeah. Where is that? One thing I need to go back and look at is how are how is he lining up in those games? Is mm-hmm. he spending more time in the slot than he's doing now? Are the Packers just failing to move one of the backs out out, out wide, either in the slot or or on the outside of the offense? that they, they could be doing, and, and they're kind of stuck in this, well, we're going to have them both in the backfield mode that they haven't done. And I don't think they've done that as much in the past, and that's I think they need the, to be a little bit more creative in how they're lining them up. The only way they line well. them up, as Justice Mosqueda has highlighted, is split gun. They just go into shotgun and have them split back, and they run that dumb bubble RPO that used to work really well. I loved it when it was just a facet of their offense. They carved the Rams 
up in the playoffs with that look. The Rams had nothing for them, but teams have figured it out that when they're in the split gun with both of them on the field, that's all they run. And realistically, what's open is the read option keeper for Rodgers, but that's Rogers not a, to run with it. That's not an offense. You cannot do that. It's not going it's to work. Time, is it time for Wildcats? He's 37 years old. <laughs> it's just or 38 or whatever the heck he is. But it doesn't it just doesn't work. They need to, and they need to find a way to make it work because it looks like they've abandoned it, which would be, I think, a mistake. They got just got to find a more creative way to use both of their best players on offense. I don't, I don't know. And while we're talking about offensive stuff, why is there no motion when Christian Watson gets hurt? When Christian Watson goes out, no one is going in motion. They're getting in shotgun. They're running the Rodgers offense. Rodgers says, I'm just going to rant. Rodgers says that he doesn't like motion because you can't run hurry up. You haven't gotten a 12 man on the field penalty in four years. They've figured out they can just call a timeout. That's allowed for the defense to do that. You haven't gotten a free play for is that. It, has it, it been that long? It hasn't actually been that long. It, it, okay. they, it, it does not I thought happen. you maybe actually had researched this. They tried <laughs> yeah, to get it. Uh, that, was your, that was your first mistake, <laughs> sucker. Um, I think they've actually gotten one this year. They've, they, they don't get them often, though, and they don't get the free plays off of them. The other team, no, no, they almost had one, and then Belichick called timeout. Um, but I thought there was one earlier in the year. I know, they, I know that Belichick called a timeout so they wouldn't get it. But anyway, I thought he'd done it they, do, they certainly don't hit them at the, the clip they do. And your version of running hurry up is running up to the line, hoping for a 12-man penalty, and then running the play clock all the way down to one while you look at every single defender in the eyes and, and ask them if they've really thought about <laughs> what a plant is. Um, <laughs> like, he is just... He... I don't understand his aversion to running an offense that is shown to work. The motion works. I'm assuming, and I know it's it may, might not be true, I'm assuming the lack of motion is more a function of Rodgers than anything else because he has openly said he doesn't like motion because he can't run quick game. Sir, you don't run quick game ever. But you they'll never run motion quickly. But they're running motion when Watson is in there. That's true. And they did it. They and did it first effective. half. They did it second half. And, but they just, I don't know why they, you know, they don't try Dobbs or somebody else. To do that, and I think they did a few times, but just yeah, the, I guess the quantity they, of it—they just don't—they don't run it much. They—they they just don't do it as much. And I know they didn't you know, have the like ball preseason. The person who was doing it the most was Amari Rogers, and clearly they don't trust him on the field on offense. They barely trust um, him on the field on special teams. Yeah, <laughs> right. Because they—they—they they cut his special teams work in half this game. Yeah, they tried to cut it all the way, and. uh so do you want to you want to move on to that? But that's I don't know. I mean, let me see if I have anything more for the def- the offense. I mean, it just seems like getting off a pony is a mistake. Stopping the motion doesn't make sense. Um, the sequencing of the starts of drives is all over the place, and looks like it just looks like two entirely different offenses where it's like Lafleur and Rogers are sharing custody of the offense. And it gets to spend the weekends at Crazy Uncle Aaron's where there's no motion and you just take deep shots every play. I, d- I don't know. I, we can move on to say that, teams. Yeah. Though, though I would say on the whole, though situationally they had some bad plays, the offensive line, the pass pro wasn't so bad this game. But gave who, up- who did the Giants have on the edge? It's not like they're going against like Kayvon Thibodeau is a great prospect, but it's his like second game in the league. Like I don't know. Yeah, I mean th- they had the one play that uh, was blown up by Dexter Lawrence. Is that right? Yeah, Where he, yeah uh, he murdered Royce Newman. Royce Newman. But other than that, I felt like most of the time they their uh, plays weren't blown up. It was by lack so, of protection, which they've had in other games. Can I just say it was so fitting? That on the Hail Mary, they false started. And then and then they got a sack. <laughs> they didn't even get the play they didn't even get the ball out of Roger's hand. I was a little worried he was gonna hurt his elbow or shoulder on that getting hit. Me too. He went to crank down, up he went down hard. To try to crank up a Hail Mary. But I'm like watching that first was like, really? We're already kinda at the edge of being able to hail Hail Mary at our own forty one because where we because of where we ended up. And then you take the penalty, so you got to back up another five yards. We'll run a lateral play at the edge of the half when we're tied. 
or, or but not not at the end of the game when we're down five and need a touchdown. No, no, we won't run a lateral play. Then we'll run it when it makes no fucking sense. Sorry, this is just becoming. A, I'll bleep that out. Um, but goodness, it's just it's so frustrating. And then bleep it's going to sound like the episode of that '70s show where Red's. Uh, Yes. Getting hide out of his apartment. Why do I? Why do I always have to be effing Santa Claus? <laughs> why, do I, why do I have to be Santa Claus? But anyways, this. Do you want to go to the special teams? I well, mean, they were teams. they were the best unit, and they failed to recover a fumble that would have been crucial to the to the result of the game. I think there's no guarantee the Packers score, but it would have been very helpful at least. Um, they muffed a punt, and they were they still one. They were still the best unit on the team by a lot. I don't know. Yep. That's all I have. Watson, as you mentioned, took over the um, the kick returns over instead of Amari Rodgers, though yep, nothing yep. really happened out of it. Did, and then didn't once, really make a difference. Once Watson was hurt, they put Amari back there again, I think, if I remember yeah, correctly. Yeah, and then and Amari, and Amari fumbled one of the punt returns that popped up into the air and was plucked out by DeGuara, who then promptly dropped it on the ground himself and fell in it. He did the Benny Hill theme. Um <laughs> But it's and yeah. then they and then they almost got the gift to save them in this game on special teams, where the Giants muffed the punt with a score tied. Yep, but they could not quite get it. They just you know they almost had it, but it ended up bouncing out of bounds. Yeah, I mean one thing I would say I'll give a, props to special teams for getting that field goal at the end of the first half. Mm-hmm. They had no timeouts left. The clock they is sprinted, running. Sprinted on the and field, they, yeah, with twelve seconds the field to go, with a running and executed clock a and got it off yes. in time and made the field goal. Like not a short one, it was like forty-eight yarder or something. That's hard. I thought so, they had uh, screwed the pooch on that one, but they the special they, teams was like, oh no, we're ready. We're gonna ready we're gonna to go run out on the field and out there and yeah. So yeah. I get some props for that that field goal. I mean, like I said, they were the best unit on the field, and they fumbled twice in one play. They were and they were still easily the best unit on the field today for the Packers. But uh, I, I'm being a little harsh on the offense. They they didn't I have mean, a lot of drives. Drive to drive, the offense wasn't that bad. Yeah. When you look at it, they, like because they, they, they went field goal, eye, touchdown, yeah. touchdown. Yep. And then they had the. Is that right? Did I have that. The other, I have it up. They, they, the went, three and out. they went field goal. Three they went field goal, three and out, touchdown, field goal, touchdown, field touchdown, goal. Touchdown, touchdown, field goal. And then they only right. got three they, drives they in the second that, half. And and then they went three and out. And then they had a decent drive that... Rodgers got sacked out of field crumbled goal Crumbled on the sack. Yep. And then they moved the ball very well in the last drive. But because they, it was already... By that time, after their only third drive of the second half, the, the game was ending. They had yeah. to um, go for it on fourth down for the touchdown. So they actually moved the ball decently on most of their drives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, um, I, yeah, I don't want to be too harsh on the offense because, like, results-wise, it's it's okay. I just think that the decision, like, there are easy in terms of the early down play calling in a drive. It seems like there's clear statistical evidence that something you're doing isn't working, and then, like, formation-wise, you're limiting the ceiling of this team by not finding out a way to put their two best players on offense. I don't. Those are my two big problems with the offense. Yeah, offense has some structural issues that I think oh. they would. I would like them to change the way they're doing things. But if you just look at the face of it and just look at the final score, they gave up 27 points to the Giants. Yeah, it's the defense's fault. I mean, the, but you can say, like, hey, the special team scored more points than the Packers' offense in the second half. Yeah, because the Giants spotted us two points. Oh, that's, Thank you. That, 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 um, the giveaway of the, uh, but yeah, the safety. It's, the, more I, the more we talk about it, it's just like the defense is the problem. It's 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 been so underwhelming and people talk about it's like well it's like total points wise it's not bad and points per drive wise it's not bad but when you look at who they're playing they played a vikings team who's almost lost to chicago today they played chicago they played tampa without any of their starting receivers uh they play and they they their offense isn't anything to write home about right now. They played New England with Bailey Zappi and gave up 27 points or 24 points. And then they played. Luckily, the, it wasn't 27. They played a hobbled Giants team without their starting receivers in London 
with Daniel, yeah, Daniel Jones, the bad ankle. Saquon hurt his shoulder, had to come out and come back in and ran all yeah, over. Yeah, but him. I would say that that Saquon shoulder injury didn't affect him at all. And Daniel Jones looked like he was running fine. I think that that ankle had healed enough by this after a full week. I don't know. He wasn't really noticeably hobbled as he was running. But point po- point is, I think I blame the defense seventy five percent of this, eighty percent of this. Yeah, I mean, I think the thing is, you look at the defense is. It's less than the sum of its parts right now. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and it's like, and that's the that's the I think the the most damning thing you can say about them. They should be better than they are. Yeah, and I'm it's hoping. Just, here's here we're getting into our closing thoughts. Yeah, let's 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 wrap it up. I'm hoping this time. is going to turn out to be a weird London game thing. I'm spin zoning so hard. I'm like, it's actually good that they lost because they'll be forced to address the issues with the team like i'm haven't watched a million packers games over the years and know they're not going to change a damn thing but i am hoping that they just like i don't know jet lag ran out of gas the defense like it just hit them really hard um after the beginning they just did not have the energy to maintain the level of play they had at the beginning of the game that's yeah. what i'm hoping I'm I mean, not saying that's what I'm predicting or expecting. I'm spin zoning pretty hard too. I must. That's say. what I'm hoping. <laughs> Do you think? You know, you know who looked really good in their first year, Petten. You know who looked really good in their first year, Barry. I'm just saying. I think defensive coordinators in their first year are better because no one knows their tendencies or people don't know what their new tendencies are. I know these guys have been around a while, but. I mean, Petten from year one to year two, sharp decline. And then year two to year three, a little bit worse. And then it just became to the point where it wasn't tenable anymore. Barry, so far, year one to year two, you have more talent and you're worse. That that can't happen. Yep. But at the same time, it's, it's, it's tough because Barry's like not out there blowing like zone coverages, but he's coaching the guys and teaching them like he's the one teaching the guys who are blowing these coverages. So he's got to take some faults and I don't know. I think when you're looking at errors in, in preparation, communication yeah, and communication, and it's coaching. that's coaching. You can blame that on coaching. If a guy's not fast enough, not quick enough, not strong enough, that's not coaching. When the guys don't know where they're supposed to be, and fail to communicate, that's coaching. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, I think we can... So let's close up. Player of the game. wrap it up. Player of the game. I mean... So my player of the game was Cobb. My player of the game... I was going to say one, but I think I'm going to say Big Dog. Just gave me a Ah, spark of... Shout out. Shout out to Big Dog. Happiness in this game that I needed. Give me some serotonin. But yeah, I'll I'll say Big Dog. Caught his first touchdown since 2020. (laughs) Um... (laughs) But uh, yeah, I'll say Big Dog. All right, Mercedes Lewis. Mercedes Lewis. For those of you who don't know his nickname. Uh, but yeah, that's all we have for you today. Please come and check out our pregame podcast on Thursday night. We will be previewing Jets Packers, and we will be filled with a new sense of optimism. I am sure that this team can compete. But right now, it's it's not looking so good. But check out our Twitter. Like I said, at Father Son Packer, we would really appreciate a follow. Check us out on YouTube, Father Son Packers Podcasts. Until then, Dad, go Pack Go. Go Pack Go.